Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the podcast, Strange Fairy Tales. Today's fairy tale will be Handsome and Gretsome. Once upon a time, there were two children, a boy and a girl, named Handsome and Gretsome, respectively. Handsome was always kind of mad at his parents, because in his opinion, they had incorrectly named him. According to his fairy godmother, names were like medical terminology. He had to work back from the suffix all the way back to the prefix, if there was one. Take the name Titus, for example. The suffix itis means an inflammation of something, and the root of the name, tea, is an aromatic beverage prepared from tea leaves by infusion with boiling water. Part of the definition of an inflammation is heat and pain, so, as his fairy godmother reasoned, anyone named Titus must have a habit of drinking their tea before it cooled down. Anyway, Handsome's fairy godmother had said that the suffix of his name, some, meant, oh, about six or so, and the root, hand, was an appendage attached to the arm at the wrist. That was why he was mad at his parents. The name that they gave him meant about six or so hands, but he only had two. His sister Gretsum also wanted to know the meaning of her name, but she was never quite smart enough to figure out her fairy godmother's name, even though her brother would always say, It's Fred, Gretsum! Fred! She was never quite smart enough to remember it for more than about three nanoseconds, which was never enough time to say it. She discussed the matter very thoroughly with both her brother and her parents. Her parents suggested that she go visit the Oracle in Delphi in Greece, because as everyone knew, the Oracle was extremely smart. It knew everything about everything there was to know in the universe. So she packed her bags and hopped on the next plane to Delphi, Greece. When she got there, she realized she had absolutely no idea where to go. So, she decided to go find a wise man and ask him how to get to the oracle. She roamed through the streets of Delphi for a few hours and came across a wise man sitting all alone on a road. She walked up to him and said, Hello, wise man. I need to know where to find the oracle of Delphi. Can you help me? The wise man looked at her for a moment and said, I would love to, but before you do that, I would like you to answer me a question that is bothering me for some time. What is two plus two? Gretzum had absolutely no idea. Math was never her strongest subject. In fact, no subject was ever her strongest subject. I'm sorry, wise man, but I don't know. I will have to find another wise man and ask him. She roamed the streets of Delphi again for a few more hours and came across another wise man sitting all alone at a vegetarian restaurant. For some odd reason, he was only dressed in green leaves. She said, Wise man, I have a question for you. I need you to answer it so that I can find the oracle of Delphi so I can figure out the true meaning of my name. What is two plus two? The wise man looked at her for a moment and said, Well, I would love to answer that. But first, you must answer me a question that has been bothering me for some time. What is my name? Gretzum said, I am afraid I don't know that, sir. I will go find another wise man and ask him. She roamed the streets of Delphi again for a few more hours, but she could not find any other wise men anywhere. She decided to leave Delphi and headed out of the city. She walked for seven days, seven nights, seven hours, seven minutes, and 142 nanoseconds. She came to a great chasm, which was spanned by a great bridge. She tried to go across the bridge, but before she got there, a man with wild frizzy hair stepped out of the shadows and said, You must answer me these questions three before the other side you see. Gretzum was disgusted. All these people were asking her questions. She said to the man, 
I don't want to answer questions. All I want to do is ask you some questions. The man thought for a moment, and he said, Well, that's fine by me. I've always wanted to know what it was like to answer questions. I mean, all I do is stand here all day asking people questions. That was all that was in the job description, other than the fact that I have to talk in a voice that gives me a cough, and I'm sorry I didn't request something bigger and better. <coughs> I mean, who cares how fast a swallow flies? I sure don't. So what did you want to ask me? What is the name of the second wise man I visited? Hmm. Her name is Fred. Here, let me write it down for you so you can remember better. He scribbled for a moment on a piece of ancient parchment that he pulled out from his left ear. There, that should do it. Gretzum took the piece of parchment and was pleased to see the word Fred in big bold letters. She said hurried, Thank you, and walked off. Again, she walked for seven days, seven nights, seven hours, seven minutes, and 142 nanoseconds, and arrived in Delphi once more. She went to the place where she found the second wise man, looked down at her paper, and said, Your name is Fred. Well, what do you know? You're right. Okay, well, I do believe you wanted to know what two plus two was. It's four. Can you write that down for me so I don't forget? And the wise man did. Gretzum walked on to the place where she found the first wise man. She once again looked down at her paper and said, Two plus two equals four. Well, what do you know? You're right. Okay, well, I do believe that you wanted to know how to reach the Oracle of Delphi. It is a well-guarded secret, passed down from generation to generation. But seeing as you have answered my question, and answered it correctly, I will tell you. First, get a piece of bread. Second, toast it on one side, and one side only. Third, butter it lightly on the side that you did not toast. Fourth, Take one small bite out of the northwest corner. Fifth, chew well and swallow so as not to choke. Sixth, crumble it into teensy tiny pieces. Seventh, throw the pieces up into the air. Eighth, decipher the location of the oracle from the pattern that results. Ninth, go to the oracle. She said hurried, thank you, and went on her way. Unfortunately, she had no idea where to get a piece of bread. So she decided to go back to the man guarding the bridge. She walked for seven days, seven nights, seven hours, seven minutes, and 142 nanoseconds. And she said, Where can I find a piece of bread? Well, as it happens, I have one right here. I'll go ahead and do all the steps except for numbers six through nine. At the questioning look that Gretzum gave him, he said, I know everything. That was part of the benefits from this job. The man pulled a piece of bread out of his right nostril and wiped off some of the excess boogers. He toasted it on one side, buttered it lightly on the other side, took one small bite out of the northwest corner, chewed well and swallowed so as not to choke. Then he handed the piece of bread to Gretzum, who promptly set off once more for Delphi. She walked for seven days, seven nights, seven hours, seven minutes and 143 nanoseconds. She stubbed her toe on a rock, but recovered very quickly. She arrived back in Delphi, went to the exact center of town, and took out the piece of bread. She crumbled it into teensy tiny pieces and threw them up into the air. They soared high into the air, 
the butter sparkling brilliantly in the morning light. Then they fell to the ground. Gretzum stared at it for a while, in awe of the intricate designs that were formed by the crumbs. There were fancy swirls and strange explosion-looking things, and pigs with wings flying away from barns on moonlit nights. She was very entertained by all of this, but she couldn't for the life of her figure out what it meant. Dun, dun, dun. To be continued, after these short messages. Is it on? Is it on? Oh. <laughs> this is I, Fred the Fairy Godmother. I am here today to advertise on the podcast Strange Fairy Tales. However, I will not be advertising my services, but rather urging the general public to stop listening to Strange Fairy Tales. They have caused me more than my fair share of heartache and troubles by announcing to the world my real name. As a fairy godmother, of course I am expected to help people, but this has gone too far. Now everyone expects me to solve all their little problems, whether they be insignificantly trivial, like getting rid of their hangnails with the least amount of pain, or extremely important, like stopping the destruction of the universe that they unwittingly and unknowingly caused. Although the damage to my life cannot be reversed, you can help balance out the effects of this misdeed. Come today at... Uh, two o'clock p.m., and we will stage a protest outside their office building. Thank you in advance for your support. Hey, narrator, it's 1.59 p.m. Yeah, I know, scriptwriter. Hello? Hello? Open up before I blast the door down. Scriptwriter, call on the fairy removal team now. I've already tried them, and they're on vacation in Jamaica for another two weeks. I'll give you to the count of three. One, two, five. I'm coming, I'm coming. Just don't blast the door down. No doubt you heard the advertisement that I put on your podcast today. Yeah, we did. It seems that we were the only people to hear it, though. Really? Oh, yes, you're right. Well, no matter. I can stage a protest all by myself. Wait, what? Let's have a little talk first. I think the reason why no one showed up to support you, and don't don't take this too hard, is because people don't really feel sorry for you. What? And here I was, thinking that it was because the announcement went on just about a minute ago. Well, that too, but really, people aren't all that sorry for you. All they care about is themselves. They think that it's your duty in life to solve all their problems. Except for a few people here and there, humans can be extremely arrogant and self-centered. No kidding! But like you said, there are a few people who are very thoughtful. Take Augustiak, for example. She asked me if I wanted to come at a better time, the dear thing. Yeah, anyway, we've decided to help you out. I'm sorry to say, but your own attempts at avoiding work were rather pitiful. Well, I never... Y yes, they were. I mean, come on, you took to disguising yourself as a wise man, and people still came to you for help. You do have a point there. So, we have decided to offer you a job. What you can do is work here part-time, and work as a fairy godmother when you're not working here. We've arranged for an upstart fairy godmother, one named Glinda, to take over the godmothering duties for, oh, about three-fourths of your charges, so that you won't be extremely busy all the time. Do you accept the job? Well, I guess... But what about... Then please kneel. Wait, what, what are you doing with that sword? I dub thee... The manager and technological supervisor of strange fairy tales. You may now rise. Okay, 
Your first duty as technological supervisor will be to create an email subscription form and put it on our blog at strangefairytales.blogspot.com. Off you go! But surely, because I'm manager, I'm the one who gets to tell me what to do. I'm at the top of the food chain, dear. <laughs> That's what you think. But in addition to being the narrator, I am also the supreme high ruler, which of course makes me supreme. Funny, I always preferred Baja. Oh well, I guess I'll be off then. And now, back to the story. No, not yet. You're supposed to say, And now, we return to the story. See, it's in the script. In fact, all of it is. Let me see that. Whoa. This is I, Fred the Fairy Godmother. I'm here today to advertise on the podcast Strange Fairy Tales. However, I will not be advertising my services, but rather urging the general public to stop listening to Strange Fairy Tales. You mean that you planned all this? Yeah, pretty neat, huh? I'm in control of the universe or something. See, look at this line here. It's coming up pretty soon. It says, Narrator tries to sing opera. What? I'm not going to sing opera anytime soon. Whoa. So, wait a minute. Does that mean that you planned all this? Fred getting mad at us and trying to run us out of business? Yeah. I wanted to get revenge on you for all those times that you've insulted me. What? Wait, when was this? Hmm, let's see. In the first podcast, you insulted me by saying that I needed to be more specific. I'm just as specific as I need to be. And in the second episode, you kept on calling me lazy all the time. Well, that all was in the scripts, idiot. See? You did it again. No, look, look here. This is the script for episode 1, page 2, lines 7 and 8. Or perhaps the scriptwriter should be more specific with these things. And here, episode 2, it mentions you being lazy about three times, and it's in the script. And this too, episode 3. Well, that all was in the script, idiot. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I just wanted to make it sound more realistic. Oh, well that's just great. The person who controls the universe has memory loss problems. Anyway, and now, we return to the story. For those of you who have forgotten, Gretzen was trying to figure out what the crumbs were telling her. There were fancy swirls and strange explosion-looking things and pigs with wings flying away from barns on moonlit nights. She was very entertained by all of this, but she couldn't for the life of her figure out what it meant. Suddenly, she realized that the outline of all these designs put together was in the shape of an arrow. She began to walk. A year later, as she had walked in the opposite direction that the arrow was pointing, and no, I don't know how she got across the ocean, so don't ask, she arrived in Delphi once again. In the near distance, she could see the exact place that the crumbs had lain one year before. The crumbs were gone, however, as they had been eaten by birds. She drew near the spot, but when she was some inches away, in other words, about six or so, the ground beneath her feet collapsed, and she fell some four feet, which comes out as about 24 feet or so, into the earth. When she landed, she immediately got to her feet. She was in a large cavern, some miles wide. The strangest thing about the cavern was that magma covered the entire floor, except, of course, for where she was standing. The magma swelled, glowed a brilliant red-orange, and spoke. I am the great and powerful oracle of Delphi. What is it that you wish to know? What is the meaning of my name? 
I will answer that in due time, of course. But first, you must bring me the broomstick of... Oh, sorry, that's in another movie. The meaning of your name, Gretzum, is as follows. The prefix, sum, means oh, about six or so. The root, Gret, is a brain cell. So your name, Gretzum, means that you have about six or so brain cells. Gretzum sat down on the floor. She was rather glad that her parents hadn't made another mistake in naming her. She would have loved to tell them that, but frankly, she couldn't figure out a way to get out of the pit. Even when the oracle pointed out the magnificent igneous staircase that led up to the very top of the pit. That is the end, and now comes the epilogue. Gretzum was never seen again by anyone except for the oracle and herself. She just sat around collecting dust. Her will was discovered, and it was found that she had left all her gold to a person called Ma'am, by extremely polite people. Her name was... Shirley. Surprise, surprise. Hey, scriptwriter. What? I think this is the first time our podcast has had a moral. Well, the other ones have, but they're a bit absurd. Like, when you criticize someone privately, make sure they're not standing there right in front of you. And of course, my personal favorite. An Augusta yuck by any other smell does not smell as stinky, because the two smells cancel each other out. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the moral of this story is always make sure that you are more than polite to a vegetarian fairy godmother who dresses in green leaves. Or anyone, for that matter. Yeah, that too. Hey guys, how do you turn the computer on? You push the on button, it's big black and it has the word on in big letters on it. Oh, thanks. What kind of username is you may now clap? It's an excuse, and rather lame one at that. So, anyway, listeners, you may... Yeah, you get it. You may now clap.